Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. So glad to have you for another week. We are well into uh, June and and getting ready for, oh my gosh, July 4th. I can't believe it. Um, But I have a special guest today. I'm so happy to have her on. Her name is uh, Gina Minardi. And I want to tell you a little bit about her because um, she's just super to know. Um, Gina uh, is a marriage and family therapist with a private practice in in Los Angeles, California. She has a diverse background in treating and treatment ranging from private rehabs in Malibu to homeless shelters in East LA. Gina once had a medical intuitive tell her that her greatest gift is being a bullshit detector. Now you know why I like her. Uh, While Gina uh, thought this was hilarious, it also resonated deeply because she's been on a um, dedicated path of sifting um, through uh, through her own challenges. Gina believes her purpose is to wake up from autopilot and into deeper relationship with her soul. So welcome, Gina. So happy to have you. Hi, Janice. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. so excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, we're gonna, Gina has her own podcast. We're going to start, so we're going to tell you all about that at the end. But uh, Gina and I connected, um, uh, I think, within the last couple of months. Uh-huh. Um, and we just started to have conversations about different things. And um, I wanted to have her on because she has such powerful wisdom to offer. And uh, and in doing so, um, I asked her to, to talk with us today, uh, because I think, like I said, I think she has such, uh, a great amount of wisdom to offer. Plus she's been a therapist for so many years. And, you know, as, as we work with people, we learn ourselves and then we get to help other people with what we've learned. And she's just a rock star. So today is a really fascinating topic. Uh, I know I've talked about it before, surrender, but She's going to talk about it uh, coming from a very, very unique experience. So today we're talking about her initiation into surrender. So I want to ask y'all, imagine testing negative for COVID-19 and then experiencing horrendous symptoms that leave you bedridden for seven months. We all know COVID's going on. Um, Most of us know people who've suffered with it. Uh, Many of us know people who have passed, which is horrible. But but Gina survived it. So she's going to talk today about her experience with it. Um, She's going to talk about her emotional, psychological, and physical dark night of the soul experience with COVID-19 and what she learned about her life when she came into the light. So like I said, I'm so happy to have you today. And I want to first ask you, you know, um, one of the things that, that people say about me is I'm, I'm not a bullshitter. And I think that's one of the things uh, the reasons why we connected so well is because you you really are. It, it's just so wonderful to hear how you talk so straight with people. 
how did you get into therapy, you know, into being a therapist? How'd you, how'd you get to uh, get into marriage and family therapy? Yeah. You know, it's always interesting for me to answer this question because I think it really began for me around, I think 10 years old, I walked into my mom's room and I announced to her that I wanted to be a Catholic nun. And she looked at me and she went, Gina, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you're 10 <laughs> years old. And, but I sort of proclaimed that I thought love, sex, and marriage were complicated because I came from a divorced family. I came from kind of a substance loving family. And um, I knew I always internally had a deep knowing that I wanted to help people from a young age. So it expanded into this, this path. Um, and particularly, particularly once my mom became sick with cancer mm. in my later years in high school, um, that and her passing opened up this deep well of not only pain, but empathy. And I knew that I had a lot of empathy to give to others and be there for others. So that again, opened up this path towards, I traveled the world. Um, I started teaching art to homeless adults and adults struggling with mental illness. And then somebody walked up to me and, or not somebody, it was a good friend, um, who said, have you heard about the art therapy program down in Los Angeles, which includes marriage and family therapy? Um, and that really, you know, it was just one of those synchronistic moments where I knew this is what I needed to do. I needed to, you know, really amplify and get more training. And because I was working with people with complex trauma when I was teaching. So it was just a path. I mean, I think as many things in life, it just continued to unfold. And um, I didn't even technically when I was in school, this sounds kind of ridiculous, but I didn't know I was becoming a quote unquote shrink. I thought I was going into social work using art as a tool to help my clients. Um, then I really realized I was getting trained in marriage and family therapy. And it sounds very bizarre as many things are in life, but I just, I love what I do and that's how I landed. Love it. Love it. And I can tell you, there's no straight line to landing in your, um, in your really good pocket of what you do best. And like, you know, there's always that zigzag. So it makes complete sense that that, you know, you have found your niche, yeah. which is great. And I know you've helped so many people. Uh, and of course, uh, you don't know this, but I love California. LA is just amazing. So it's kind of cool to talk with an LA here. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's great. And I know you, you've really helped a lot of uh, couples with their marriages. Mm -hmm. If, before we go on to talk about this, uh, the inv uh, invitation to surrender, is there a piece of wisdom that you can give couples or people who are in relationships, mm -hmm. um, maybe something that to, to really keep in mind in order to have the healthiest relationship possible. Is there a piece of wisdom? Okay, absolutely. Um, active listening. I, and I sound, mean? what does that mean? It means really listening without interrupting without needing to make your point without needing to be right um there's the age-old saying you know do you want to be married or do you want to be right and even though 
you know, yeah, that's kind of cliche and silly, but it really is true that I think a lot of strife that happens in relationships is there is a lack of listening and diving into, you know, what is my partner saying and how can I actually empathize? You know, and a lot of marriage and family therapists argue about the need to validate because essentially we're supposed to be able to validate and self-soothe ourselves. But with active listening and not interrupting and being able to reflect back to your partner, okay, I heard what you're saying, what you were saying, and I can understand why you're frustrated right now. I can understand why you're upset. That in itself is so reparative and, you know, it's, yeah. it's everything. It's I think everything is it's everything. Yeah. Beautiful. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. So, so let's dig in. Let's, let's talk about this invitation to surrender. One of the things in our conversation, um, we were talking about this, uh, mm -hmm. having you on is it felt to me, it's kind of like you, you experienced this dark night of the soul. Yeah. Uh, can, tell people a little bit about your, your experience with, with COVID and okay. Yeah. Please go yeah. ahead. What okay. happened? How did it all start? Oh, so I was just getting off of an amazing lady surf trip um, in Costa Rica. And I had actually gotten on the plane home and my two friends, one who works in the ER and another one who's an environmentalist, she's gone to kind of survival camp and uh, they they were actually the only ones on the plane wearing masks. And everybody at that point still, including myself, I didn't bring a mask. I wasn't really taking it seriously, which was, you know, quite obviously the bad on my, my behalf. And so actually 24 hours later, I was in session with one of my clients and it was the first time in history that I've ever had to stop a session. And I felt horrible, but I said to my client, you know, I'm feeling really out of sorts right now. I'm feeling this kind of, and I just said it because again, that's who I am. And I'm just, you know, honest and transparent. And I said, I'm feeling really funky and off right now. And I don't know if it's just I'm coming back into Los Angeles and there's kind of this pandemonium around a pandemic. It was very different energy to come back into LA being in Central America, mm -hmm. in a tropical place, surfing, chilling out with my friends. Um, so my client was really understanding and I remember calling my partner at the time and I said, hey, I feel really bizarre right now. I, I, I don't know if I'm coming down with something, you know, I'm not going to assume that this is COVID, but I feel weird. So he said, okay, I'm going to come home later. Uh, long story short, it all happened pretty rapidly. And I just, and then I started developing the sore throat and the deep body aches and the heavy exhaustion. So again, I, I, I tried to stay just kind of rational and pragmatic. And I went, okay, this is a cold. This is a flu. There's no way that I have COVID. Um, and again, it just continued to progress into deeper chest pains, the inability to take normal, regular breaths. And that's really after fighting this for about 27 days, that's when I decided to go into silence because I had just, I'd been doing all the things I'd been taking all the supplements. I was getting That's over three weeks of suffering with these really horrible uh, yeah. physical symptoms. Yeah. It was wow. pretty intense. And I, 
Yeah. You're so say you, something. yeah. So you, you decided that, uh, you're like, you know what? I tried, I tried all these medications, whatever. I, I, the only thing I can do is go within because, yeah. okay. I, I, that's interesting because there are so many people who they experience this and all they do is they kind of stay at the level of the pain. Yeah. Just, it, but it's not a thought to go within. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Well, this is, I mean, it's not a funny story, but a little bit. I was outside because one of the only things that I could do that would give me a little bit of feeling healthy was to just go and sit or lay out in the sun. I would go between my bed and my backyard and I was just laying out in the sun and I was actually listening to a talk with Oprah and Glennon Doyle. And I don't know if you're familiar with Glennon, but she's amazing and she was talking about facing your pain and facing your suffering. And, you know, I have, I've studied a lot of Buddhism and I used to go to a Sangha and, you know, there's a lot of talk of impermanence and attachment and how to deal with suffering and discomfort. So in that moment, I just knew, I knew in the depths of my soul. That was your sign. That was your sign. Yeah. 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 It was my sign. And so I walked in because both my, boyfriend and his best friend who had been visiting at the time, they were sick as well. So we were oh. all, we were all sick together for this long. Um, and I walked into them and I, I just announced and I said, you know what guys, I'm going to go into silence. I have to stop trying to control this. I have to, I'm not getting any more IVs of ozone or vitamin C drip therapy. I'm, I'm going in because mm. maybe there's, some psychological, emotional, spiritual things that I really need to uncover. And so I went in. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So tell me how it started. So you make this decision, Uh go within Mm -hmm. what there you are, you're stuck in your bed or whatever you're, you're, how does this all start? And tell me about, tell me about the process, what came up, what Uh you do, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 all the challenges. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. I remember being really nervous, even though I've done silent meditation retreats, you know, I've spent days in silence before, but I was overwhelmed and I was nervous and I was just going like, what the fuck, you know, am I, am I really going to get something from this or so anyways, um, I digress. So I went into my bedroom and I remember I was living in my robe at that point and laid on my bed and intuitively, you know, um, and this is not to sound like cultural appropriation or anything strange, but I was called to listen to Native American flutes. Yeah. And for me on the deepest level and the deepest knowing or intuition, that was my reconnection to collective grief um just our relationship with everything our relationship with life with death with the earth um and so the beginning process of it was really just me shedding tears and tears and tears and listening to this music and then meditating and being silent. And I did allow myself to journal. That was one thing I wanted to be able to just kind of take notes in the process. Um, So yeah, so it really, as I was saying to you, I've never done ayahuasca before, but I believe the, in similar kind of 
it, it was almost like this interesting storyline or this arc where in the beginning I was processing individual and collective grief. Um, and then it moved from that into me just sleeping and sweating and meditating. And it was like, if somebody had a repeat button, that was, that was the repeat Ooh. was just going through those cycles. So it felt like this purge. It, and again, it felt really truly like this individual and collective purge of all of us were going inward. All of us were collectively facing our shit in this pandemic because never before have we globally all had to sit in our, in our homes, right? not be distracted with work and all the things and the social activities. So so again, going back to the moment of me being in the bedroom, post the grief section of it is when I really faced, again, my individual heartbreak. So it was kind of facing my traumas, the death of my mother, um, certain things that were passed on from her, her lack of belief in her feeling good enough as a woman, whether it was not beautiful enough, not smart enough, not really not in her power. And again, so it was this process of me uh, cutting those intergenerational lines of, fuck, no, this is not going to be me. Like I kind of the buck stops here. Gina, you need to believe in yourself. You Ooh. need to step into your power. Um, so yeah, so that was, and then it transitioned, you know, and I would eat in silence and, and, you know, the, the boys in the house were wonderful because they were silent along with me, even though they weren't, you know, completely doing it. They were very respectful of my process. And then the last part of it was, um, and I knew I was done on the third day was when it was forgiveness. And I didn't realize how much forgiveness I had to do with myself and, um, first and foremost, and then any pains that I had really deep pains that I had felt from relationships in up to my 38 years on this planet. Um, yeah. And really letting go of that and really, you know, uh, so again, it was this, it was this incredible process of being with my pain, being with my discomfort, uh, creating breath around the, the pain and the discomfort. Um, excuse me, there's sirens going by. This is- <laughs> we're here in LA. Please. Yeah. We know that. We're, right. we're, yes. Yes. No, no, surprise. no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of the reasons that yes. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, learning how to, so I was just riding, I mean, I'm a surfer and this is the, the silliest, you know, metaphor, but I was learning really how to ride the waves. That's mm. That's what it was. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think most people, when they're sick, they're, unless you are like debilitatingly sick like you were, mm-hmm. most people would not think to go within, to immerse themselves into whatever uh, physical, psychological, emotional pain. They're just like trying to figure out how to suppress or eliminate the symptoms so they can get back to life. Yeah. And, and even, you know, this, this whole uh, COVID-19 shutdown experience, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe has been life-changing for the world mm-hmm. on so many levels. Uh, it was very interesting that you talked about really addressing the community, communal uh, grief first, really understanding how that's, we have taken that on unknowingly, especially those of us that are empaths and very, very sensitive people. 
we've experienced so many things that we realized that weren't ours, but that we had to kind of make reparations with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you went through this process of purging. Um, but I think for, for everybody during this COVID time, um, so foreign to be able to be told you can't go anywhere, you have to stay home. And, and then all of a sudden, you're literally, there's, there's no other option but to go within, to be with the people that are in your life, to figure out whether or not you're going to stay in a relationship, to, to, uh, to work things out, to not, to leave a job, to stay, all of these, these situations, to deal with your, your past, to spend so much time alone with yourself that you cannot help. It's the same thing. You're forced to yeah. look at your life. Yeah. And, and what's interesting as well in, in that is that as, as the universe shut down, I'll call it the universe because everybody yeah. on the planet, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <was> yes. Affected, <laughs> yeah. Suddenly animals started coming out of, of the woods. The, you know, the, the streets were calm and quiet. We had growth outside uh, a renewal of sorts. So, the, so we were forced to go within and we were able to let our environment flourish and um that that's a beauty of it yeah and i know people have had their own horrible experiences and the struggles with finances and losing their job and you know the problems that were in their relationships they either Mm -hmm. got better or worse Mm -hmm. uh and of course a positive thing is that probably gonna be a lot of babies that are born (laughs) yes nine months from march which i don't know what is that uh uh february january february Uh, that's a cute positive yes it is but your, your process, like, again, most people, unless you are forced into being stuck on the bed mm-hmm. and you literally can't do anything, that's mm-hmm. really the only option is to say, fuck this. I, I, there's something here. Yeah. There's a reason why I'm so laid out on this yep. bed. Yeah. The fact that you happen to be uh, a, a very um, uh, learned person in terms of spirituality, mm-hmm. the fact that you had the insight, the awareness to know that there's something more to this physical experience, this physical mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. So my soul needs to do something about this. Yes. So that's the beauty of the suffering because mm-hmm. suffering is always, it's useful. It's not necessary. Pain mm-hmm. is necessary mm-hmm. to grow. Suffering is not. Mm-hmm. But to, to give pain permission mm-hmm. to go full out yeah. so that you could release uh, and, and reconnect with self on a greater level. Also, uh, I'm sure that that you've been serving your, your, uh, your clients at a higher level. Yes. Um, the forgiveness piece, huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, yeah. what was that like for you? Forgiveness. It's one thing to purge all this stuff yeah. and to think about your whole life. Cause I know you and I've talked a little bit about how you grew up mm-hmm. and the challenges and y'all wait till her podcast comes out. She's going to talk about all of this stuff. So I'm leaving it with a dot, dot, dot. We're not going to get into that today. But when you, when you moved from, from processing to purging to forgiveness, Uh what was that like? (laughs) I mean, it was my most succinct answer is um, it was intense it was cleansing and it was liberating um, because there, there were so many things, as I guess I would like to say within my sort of psychic field or however we want to look at it, my um, that were stuck and 
needed to be purged, needed to be moved, needed to be looked at, you know, even though I've done, you know, many years of therapy and all of the things and meditation and, but it was really getting this sick and it was really, and again, in all of my journals and the 10 notebooks that I have from this, it was, you know, I'll get to the forgiveness piece in a second, but just yeah, really relinquishing this control and the sickness helped me slow down enough to know that that was, um, that was the gift is, is slowing down, letting go of control, being with the pain. And then the forgiveness piece, you know, it's interesting. I was just hiking with a good friend of mine, um, yesterday up in Topanga and we were talking about how I was actually speaking of this very moment. And I said, you know, it's so interesting, Georgia, that we think even when we've gone through uh, intense purges or cleanses, whether it's plant medicine or therapy or a moment like this in my life, the work is still ongoing. Oh my God. Yes. So I guess in my, in my long winded, it does, it does not end. So I think in my long winded response to you, it's really, uh, it was liberating to realize how much I needed to forgive myself and other people, but it is still a daily, it's a daily part of my life. And particularly with things going on in the world and, uh, you know, we won't go into politics and all of the things, but, you know, working on, working on forgiveness of confusion, as I like to say, it's the Buddhist in me that says the confusion and the illusion that other people get kind of lost in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's ongoing process. You know, and it's interesting too, uh, because as we're talking, I'm just thinking of a couple of things. I think so many of us feel like, like you said, and I know I, I've been on this quote unquote spiritual journey since I was about 30. So we're looking at 20, 21 years now of really trying to, to dig deep and especially like, like you, the work that we do, uh, we, we know that any, any clients that show up are there for us as well. Right. So, so they let us know which lessons we've mastered. They let us know what shit we still have to clean up. Right. It is always the case. Y'all. So don't think when you go to a therapist, they have this shit together. (laughs) We pretty much kind of don't like we, we have our own lives that we pray you don't find out about. Uh, but <laughs> if you get a good therapist, they'll be, they'll be real like Jean and I are. We'll, we'll tell you the shit we're going through uh, because we are not perfect um, and we are always a work in progress. So one of the things I found out for myself, and I, I wonder if this was your experience, I found, I found uh, when I was by myself, I, I'm grateful to have my boyfriend to be with intermittently uh, grateful to go visit my mom and um, but but when I was left with myself over the last several months, two, three days at a time, I really found that I was left thinking about who who the fuck I am like what are what are my rules and and the things that I value you know all the judgments I've had about myself about other people. Um, where do I, where do I want my life? Even though my life is on track, like I think about, okay, well, I'm 51 now, what's life going to be like at 55 and 60 and all, all of these things that I kept putting aside, right? Um, I said, I'll get to them later. Almost like all of that 
came up. And then I realized, it's like you, you think about if I lost everything, okay, we know material items, they, they give you a momentary pleasure. But I found, I found myself coming to this understanding of there was very little, and I knew this about myself anyway, but it, 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 it was driven home. There's very little that matters to me. Very little. Everything that was important to me, I, I kept thinking about the loss of my dad, uh, you know, my relationship with my mom and my family and my friends and all of this, everything came up mm -hmm. and, and forgiveness came up too. Mm -hmm. uh, because we are, we are our worst critics. Mm -hmm. And, and as you tell people too, you tell your clients too, I tell my clients too, I told listeners here, you know, forgiveness has nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing. Right. This is about you. Did you find that you experienced that too? Like the oh. rules that you had about how people should, should be or should have been. You're like, Oh, and then <laughs> all the judgments you had, you're like, Oh, did you find that that came up for you? Oh, I, I mean, Janice, uh, <laughs> Eloquently Am I the put, only one? No, Am no, I the no. only one? Yeah, no, no, I was going to say beautifully said. Um, oh, there were moments. I mean, even this morning, because I was rereading my journals before, you know, this today. And oh, I had some moments that I just, again, this is be, me being hard on myself, but I yeah. just felt, I felt gross. Like yeah. I, felt, I felt gross in my hardcore expectations of others and just kind of, and then of myself and how, you know, I, I really try to do my best in the world and be a kind person, but there still really can be this voice that's oh, yeah. pretty nasty, pretty hard on myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never, yeah. So, oh yeah, I went there. And <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That's a good yes. thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because that brings me to another point that we talked about, about ego versus mm -hmm. soul knowing. Oh, yes. Um, t tell me, tell me, because, because I'll tell you this, and listeners, y'all know I talk about uh, in intuition, uh, that knowingness. How were you able to, do, to differentiate between when your ego showed up mm -hmm. and then the inner knowing? Did you, did, was it a physical difference that you sensed? Was it a, did you see the energy? What was it like for you that let you know egos egos here versus I mm. inherently know so I inherently know I have COVID mm -hmm. uh, I inherently know I need to do X Y and Z that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. okay yeah I'm just shooting from the hip right now which is <laughs> my it, it was really I will never forget when I got the negative result uh, from the test my which is amazing which was amazing wow. And, you know, well, I mean, it was, and again, as I've told you before, I'm not here to defend that I had it or didn't have it. Um, but, you know, my friend who works in the ER, she said, Gina, you have no idea how many people we've tested who have lung damage from COVID and it came out negative. And so I guess where I'm going with that is intuitively, I had this deep knowing that, wow, I've never experienced a sick, sickness like this in my life, yeah. including my incredibly humble, non-dramatic boyfriend. I'm way more the dramatic one. And him and his best friend, Kip, you know, they, they both, we all, 
So it was kind of, it was actually like a collective. It, it hit all of our egos when I came home and I said, guess what, boys? Test says negative. And, it, and I felt this, so physically when you ask me what happens when the ego flares up, I felt myself physically get tight. I wanted to throw a tantrum. I was pissed off. I, was, I felt invalidated. And it was everything that, and the biggest part of that was, it was my fear of, telling friends and family and having them go, oh yeah, Gina, you know, you just really had a bad head cold for the last 30 mm. And so then really my soul and my deeper knowing stepped in when I decided to go, uh, and this was a couple weeks later when I decided to go silent. And that's when my, when the soul said, okay, you've got some deeper work to do. You've got some soul work to do for lack of sounding a little bit corny, but, um, spot on there. yeah, but it, it was absolutely. And yeah, so that was really, so, and, and then when I was actually in it and in the silence, watching my ego dismantle how much I judge myself, judge others, my need for validation and approval, needing the test's approval, needing the test to say to me, yes, you had this, Gina. Even though, you know, we have the New York Times and all these articles going, we don't really know what to say about these statistics because these tests are kind of funky and faulty. So, you know, and this is a, a side tangent, but I thought about this before the, the interview uh, misdiagnosis in general, I think, you know, this is a side thing from ego and soul, but what, what diagnoses do to people and, mm. and whether it's with mental illness or physical illness, you know, my mother was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome for 10 years before we knew that she had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, stomach mm -hmm. cancer, mm -hmm. you know, and the amount of stories are people who come into my office who say, Hey, I was diagnosed with bipolar one and I clearly sit with them and it was the wrong diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to, and I'm asking everybody, including the people that listen to your podcast, tap into your inner knowing, tap into your soul space versus you know, and I think because we live in an ego dominant culture that we want everything to be fact proven and everything to be right or wrong, black and white. It's that of an adolescent brain. We have to move out of that into the adult developed self. And I think yeah. part of that, again, is that that deeper inner knowing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, and I think that absolutely, absolutely great point is to really trust what you know about yourself. It's not so much that you need to be validated or to deny something that somebody might suggest that you have or don't have. Yeah. But one of the most important things you talk about is self-advocacy. If, if you feel like something's not right, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you, even if you talk to 10 people, 10 doctors, yeah. whatever, keep going until you have found somebody who can help you. Yes. Um, on the flip side, this is interesting. I was thinking about, uh, you know, people going within and I, my feeling in terms of the number one reason why people actively avoid doing that is because it's way scary, way, 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 way scary. Mm -hmm. And most people are afraid of what's going to come up. They're afraid that they can't handle it. They don't know what to do about it. Uh, and so people just kind of keep their awareness at a, at a certain level. And like I said, when you are laid out on the bed and you ain't got nothing left but to think about your life and deal with shit, you're forced to do that. 
-hmm. What do you tell people who, who, um, who kind of like, they come to you, they want some help, but they're, maybe they're not ready to go so deep or they're not ready to really go within. How do you, what do you do? What do you do with that? <laughs> you know, I mean, most people aren't going to experience this. Yeah. I'm laid down on the bed. I'm like, I can't mm -hmm. move because yeah. uh, I'm so sick. What do you do? How do you mm -hmm. help them mm -hmm. find their way mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, it's interesting because I would say the clients who land in my office these days, you know, they want to, yeah, they want to dive in. But, but to answer your question, I always tell people, you know, it's baby steps. It's baby steps of learning how to be with your pain. It's baby steps of learning how to, you know, and again, I'll never force things on people like meditation or breath work or journaling, things that help you go in and help you look at yourself. Um, yeah. But it's a slow guiding. It's a, it's a really, you know, I think, and you know this, it's a dance with human beings of you, sure. don't, pu you don't push somebody into the deep end and go, ah, like, go look at all your shit right sure, now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And let's, you know, but, um, and I find that that's really helpful. I find when people, and then when they experience uh, their own self-evolution and deeper awareness and insights and the gifts that come from that, you know, really living a life that has more depth really. And you have a deeper connection to yourself and you have yeah. a deeper connection to source, whatever we want to call it, God and to others. Um, and that comes really from looking at your shit, you right. know, That's it true. does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other thing I, I want to, uh, I want to kind of close with today mm -hmm. uh, outside of sharing your information about how to yeah. contact you and, and all of it. And I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, but, but to really remind people, and I say this a lot, my podcast, every part of your life is to be used. Yes. Everything like people think like, uh, you know, if even the most minute things, they're, they're unrelated, like mm -hmm. shit just happens. No, shit does not just happen. Right. You know, you know, everything is coordinated. It's a divine coordination. So I ask everybody, you know, whether you've been just bedridden and awful, 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 feeling so bad, or, you know, you're driving on the highway or whatever, and you get a flat tire and you're pissed because you're missing a meeting or God forbid you almost hit somebody. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Look into the service of it. Mm -hmm. How can all of these things in your life serve you to truly be the better version of yourself. That's really what life is. It's a school. So, so that said, Gina, tell them about your upcoming podcast. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, my podcast is, um, what's it called? Tell it's me. called damn Gina because <laughs> that was, that was said to me growing up, you know, it was, um, all the time people would say that to me. And I think, so my podcast, as I've talked to you about, I've deliberated about what is it really all about? And I really think what it's about is I'm a therapist who, as we talked about earlier, I have a no bullshit approach to working with my clients and to myself. I, I love to call bullshit on myself. And so I want uh, anyone who's going to join me on my podcast to really know that 
I'm their part of the journey. I'm part of it because I'm going to be as transparent about the pitfalls in my life and all of the things that I've had to do to get where I am today. And right. so, you know, it's a little bit spirituality, a little bit psychology, um, you know, kind of my frustration and doing 10 years of therapy and bless her soul. I love her so much, but knowing that there's so many different ways to, to go about awakening yourself or whatever you want to call it, you know, really stepping into your truth and your alignment. And, and really the podcast is going to be about stepping into the relationship with your soul and less, less ego dominance because, we got a lot of ego dominance in the world and we sort of need to, we need to look at the healthy side of it. We also need to look at an element of dismantling it. Wonderful spot. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Cannot wait to hear it. Can Thank you. How can, um, uh, how can people reach out to you if they have any questions or maybe want, might want to work with you remotely or or whatever. How do they get in touch with you? What's your email address? Yeah, they can just go to ginaminardi.com. That's my website. And my email is gnminardi81 at gmail.com. I'm not so social media involved. So one day, if I think that I'm going to re-engage in that, that's another way to contact me. But I guess the old fashioned through my website email is the yes. best way. So yes. tell them, tell them your email, uh, your email address and just spell it out for them. So they can get yep. your. Yep. So it's, so it's G N minority M I N A R D I 81 at gmail.com. Great. Wonderful. Gina, I'm so happy you came on to share your experience and um, just talk about the path that you went from process purging to forgiveness and really getting to a deeper sense of self. I hope everybody uh, has loved this episode as much as I have. Uh, and as always, I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and always live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.